welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and this is a band that I've wanted to catch up with for a while now. On the phone, I've got Griffin of Wilmet. Griffin, man, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Yeah? How How is uh, lockdown, pandemic, COVID? I mean, I think every one of my conversations, you basically have to start out with that. So how are, how's everything going for you with that? Yeah, uh, it's not horrible. It definitely could be worse. I'm very, very thankful that everything's kind of working out and not doing too bad. Okay, it definitely good. could be better. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. I think one of the big things we're obviously going to talk about tonight is that the self-titled EP is coming out on September 25th through Mutant League Records. And uh, one of the things that I think plays into that a little bit is when you say it could be better were there any major plans for this release that you guys kind of had to cancel because of what's going on right now? Well, we did have, it might've been like a week long tour, maybe a little bit longer Okay. Um, at the beginning of summer that we ultimately didn't do, which ended up kind of working out because we, um, we, we got the time to sort of focus on writing right before going in to record. Um, oh. Another thing was, recording was kind of strange um for example we weren't allowed in the control room oh so we just kind of had to listen in gotcha. and um we had like you know screens to to watch what uh the producer was doing um so that was that was kind of a learning curve but ultimately i think we got the results we wanted so it really wasn't a too big of an issue in the end wow so i guess i came into this with the assumption that this EP has been done for a while, but when did you actually go into studio to record this? Uh, it was it was in May, so it was wow. like everything had already like come down, so everyone was kind of used to social distancing already. Mm-hmm. So when we went to go do that, we actually the entire band were we were all on a tour um, right before. Um, the pandemic struck right. and everything closed down. Yeah. So we had already been together like for an entire week living together. So we were comfortable with each other at that time. But for recording, the, the rule was we weren't allowed in the same room as the, the producer or the engineer. Right. Um, so, so we just kind of, they, they also provided, um, uh, living space for us that was like separate from from there, so we didn't have to stay at a hotel or anything, which was nice. Wow. But but yeah, it was in May. Wow. So I guess I would have assumed, and I said assumed again, but I guess I came in here with a completely different idea. Like I guess I thought this was done, you know, probably at the end of winter of last year or something, and now it's coming out. But that seems to be a relatively quick turnaround. Is that normal for you? Um, so I, I think that for, um, I think it was relatively quick. I don't think it was completely rushed. Okay. I, I do know that we, I, I do remember after recording, we kind of needed the mixes like two or three weeks after. Oh, wow. And then, so, so yeah, I would say it was relatively quick. I, I definitely don't think it was that much longer than our last EP. Okay. 
All right, so for Anxious Body, you think it was around the same time, maybe a little bit quicker? Yeah, okay. I think it was because um, we went in in, I believe, April. Um, and then it, the first single was out in July. So. Oh, okay. Like the beginning of July. So it was, I, I would say it might be like the exact same turnaround time. Wow. Just everything pushed back a month. Is that more of what you guys actually like? Because I know no one really likes to sit on music for a long period of time, but it does seem with COVID and everything that's been going on, you know, a lot of these releases that are coming out right now might not do as well as if COVID wasn't a thing. So is it something that you actually wanted to put music out so people had more content? Or would you have liked to, you know, kind of sit on it a little bit this time? Well, actually, we... So the, the entire EP kind of had a whole transformation because we, we did want to go in the winter, ah. uh, but it was entirely different set list. Oh, then okay. um, it, it got delayed. I think, I think knuckle puck was recording at the time. Ah. We didn't know that at the time, but they were in there. And so we couldn't go and he, the energy wasn't free. Seth Henderson until yeah. uh, spring. So we had to wait. In, in that waiting, we ended up creating a whole new, whole new sound. Wow! And we did sit on those songs for a while. So it's not like we, we kind of rushed it and then got in there. The turnaround time was rushed. It was more like, um, it, it wasn't. It didn't feel like we were sitting on it until after we did everything and we got the mixes back. Yeah. And then we had to wait like a month and a half for the first single, and I don't know, like three months for the actual release of the whole EP. Right, right. Yeah, that is, I mean, to me, you know, I've been doing this for a while, but that does seem pretty quick. And I guess the big thing right there is saying that, you know, you wanted to go in during winter, which is originally what I thought would have been that process. But did you, you had completely different songs and you said a different sound as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, we were actually, I, I believe we were going to like experiment with um, doing something more, not heavier, but well, I guess heavier, kind of ditching the, the pop punk a bit. Ah, okay. And, um, but then, uh, we ended up just kind of just saying, this is what's working for us. It's really, you know, it, it comes naturally to write this way. So let's just keep doing it. Sure. So I think some of the songs stayed, they were just tweaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up writing like the last three right before spring. Okay. So now when you talk about, you know, possibly going, you know, quote unquote heavier, is that because of like for yourself, you know, we'll talk about you and then we'll talk about the band, but is it influences that you guys have that, you know, that's kind of the direction or the evolution of what Will Met has gone through? Like, is that something that you think will happen in the future? That kind of thing. I don't think we would um, necessarily drop. Well, not necessarily. I don't think we'll just get heavier. I think um, if if we were to go heavier, it would still be pop punk, and then maybe maybe have some heavier influences in there. Mm-hmm. But but in that case, it was mainly just influences. We a lot of our writing has is very. Um, there's a lot of influences, particularly particularly from um, 
our bassist Peyton, who him and I do most of the writing. Oh. Um, so he he gets new influences all the time. So he he was just kind of feeling that genre. So he wanted us to kind of dive in with that, but ultimately we ended up not going that way. Sure. But I'd say a lot of the this new sound that we're having it's not necessarily more poppy, but it kind of has more of a flow to it, which he definitely wanted. Okay. Yeah. And that kind of, I mean, it brings me to one of the things I was definitely going to talk about, which is, you know, on the new EP, you start out with the track show and tell and right there, that first line is screamed. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure if the entire EP was going to go in that direction. It's kind of almost like a statement. Was that kind of one of those leftover tracks where that was going to be on the heavier side, but then you scaled it back a little bit? That was the first song that we wrote for the EP. Yeah. And actually, I... So the the last track was the only track that we wrote not for this EP. Ah. Um, so that was actually that was actually the first thing I wrote for this band. It was All You Are Is All You'll Ever Be. Yeah. Which is the last track on the EP. That, I wrote that um, when we were recording Anxious Body. Mm-hmm. I didn't have too much to do because our, guitar, our old guitarist wrote a lot of Anxious Body, so I was just kind of like chilling there. Right, right. So that was going to be the kind of the basis for the heavy stuff we were going to do. And then we switched it. And then, yeah, Show and Tell was the first one that we wrote for the CP and then we ended up just calling in um, all you are and keeping that because we liked it. Ah. Um, but yeah, the, the scream at the beginning was definitely intentional. Uh, Peyton <laughs> wanted to begin the EP with just screaming. Wow. Which I, I mean, that's one of my favorite tracks. on yeah. there, So no, absolutely. It's a, it's a very strong way to start the EP and it's not obviously, for me, I'm a fan, so I have very much enjoyed the self-titled as I've enjoyed Anxious Bodies and you know Space to Breathe, but we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But yeah, that's a very strong opener, but cool. you don't really let go, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't slow down during the EP as well. That tone, that aggressiveness is still there throughout the entire thing. So it's interesting to think about what you guys would do making a heavier you know, making a heavier EP, because one of the big things to note for people, you know, who might not have heard you, is it's a mix of pop punk with, you know, post-hardcore, and there there are actually breakdowns in this as well, which I think is something that you guys have that's unique over a lot of other bands. Um, yeah, I, I, that was definitely some of the intention. Um, another part of that was just, um, I mean, I know... Uh, Peyton, he he loves, you know, he- heavier music, and he he definitely feels a nostalgia for breakdowns. Sure, and it's almost like a funny thing sometimes, especially <laughs> in um, like close enough to closure. There's just yes. like it goes straight into this nasty breakdown that had no right to be in that song whatsoever. I so loved it though. It's a I bit did. humorous, <laughs> um, and it's a bit of. Uh, him just liking it so um i definitely you know tried to appeal to him by putting that in there 
Well, now, this this dynamic between you two is pretty interesting because just to confirm, you know, I, I like to do my research, you know, before I talk. Obviously, like I said, I've been following the band for a while. I've wanted to be able to talk to you guys, but I'm pretty sure you weren't in the band during Space to Breathe, right? No, no, I was not. Um, I I was in a band with all of them before that. Ah. And I I did write Solid Grasp with them. Okay. Um, all right. And then some of the other songs were like vague, vaguely uh, similar to other songs that I wrote with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I eventually, we like just kind of stopped practicing and just kind of had a falling out. Ah. And then Peyton joined and then they just didn't call me to <laughs> practice. And all of a sudden Will met for him and I'm like, Hey guys, like if you guys need another guitarist at any point, just let me know. Okay. They, they had another guitarist live, mm-hmm. which didn't work out. And then Peyton called me like a week before they recorded anxious body. Ah. And was like, you want to come down with us? Right. So yeah, I, I went down for the recording. Okay. It wasn't. So that's why, you weren't as much of the process during Anxious Body. That was kind of where, I'm guessing, did you just follow direction, maybe add in some things here and there? Yeah. Um, our old guitarist did all of the guitars, except there were like, there. Was, I think in, in Winter Stay and Where I Sleep were the only two that I actually added stuff just because I was just like, this would be cool. Yeah. They handed me a guitar and then that happened. <laughs> and then it just went from there. Okay. Well, yeah. it couldn't have been that bad of a falling out for you to be able to join again. So that's that's something. And then I guess the question is too, it used to be a four piece and then now you're a five piece. So what where have the changes been besides you joining and the other guitarists leaving? Honestly, the it hasn't been that different. Um I mean right now our a new guitarist, um, because he, he's in the same situation I was. He came down and essentially just added maybe like a riff here or there. That okay. We thought, well, I was like, hey, this kind of needs, this might be cool. Do you want to mess with that and see where you come up with? Just like day out in the studio kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see how, how much his writing influences comes in because he, he hasn't had a chance yet. Okay. But um, from, as opposing to like just me being in there and our old guitar, uh, guitarist leaving, it's not that much different. I mean, I think I kind of just replace, you know, I, I take up his seat from where he was before I was in the band. But we didn't really, as for writing, he, he left pretty early on in the writing. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's basically it's been the same dynamic with Peyton and I the entire time, right? just as it was with Peyton and her old guitarist. I see. So what made you want to step up into that role then? Because I would assume that'd be a little bit strange. I mean, you did say you wrote some previously when you were in the band before it was Wilmette, but then to come into it now and step into that role, what made you want to do that? Um, I, I mean, as far as like what made me want to just join Wilmette, well, what made you want to join, but then also to step up into that very obviously pivotal role of, of actually writing a lot oh. of the, you know, instead of just sitting back and being like, oh, well, this person writes, you know, I'm going to stand back and I'm going to do my thing. 
but you wanted to step up and be part of that writing process. Right. So, um, I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed, um, writing. I, I've definitely had to get better for this, okay. but, um, how, how we write is, um, Peyton writes all of the lyrics and sort of the melodies. Okay. And then I do the instrumentals. Ah. So there wasn't too much. I mean, Peyton can do instrumentals, but it's not his forte. Okay. Like he, he can, he can make stuff and he's really creative in that way. But, um, uh, essentially if I didn't do anything, we, I don't think we would have had anything. So I kind of had to start writing. <laughs> Gotcha. The way we work is we kind of just, I'll have like 30 seconds of an instrumental, just like make some drums, make some guitars. And if he likes it, he'll immediately, like 10 minutes later, send me back a track, the same track with vocals in it. Ah. And if he does that, then I know I should continue working on that one idea. All right. And we just go back and forth until we have a song. That's really interesting. And now, you know, when you're talking about this, it might seem to people like Peyton is the lead vocalist, but he's not. He's doing the unclean or screaming vocals, you know, whichever yeah. you prefer. So then does he do the writing for Aaron then as well? Or does Aaron switch things around for what he thinks the melody should be and what the, you know, singing clean vocals should be? Um, Aaron doesn't really change things around. He, he generally loves anything that, that Peyton makes. Peyton is very good at right off the bat just coming up with the final product. Wow. He he never really second guesses himself. Um some some melodies might have changed when we went in and Seth Henderson might have changed some stuff. Sure. Um but it was all very minor. Wow. That's a different way. I mean, I've had a lot of bands on the show and a lot of them have unique ways of writing, but I'm not sure I've heard this one before. So that's that's actually pretty interesting. Is this how you feel comfortable then as well? Or is there anything you would want to change going into, you know, let's say the next EP or full length? Uh, I actually, I, I like the workflow of it. Yeah. The only thing is it's sometimes it's, it's hard to know what Peyton wants. Okay. He, he definitely has an idea. But if he doesn't like something, he doesn't always describe why <laughs> so it's it's very much and then like i'll go back to it and change one thing and all of a sudden he likes it so it's it's very confusing sometimes to figure out like what is the, what's the secret ingredient huh. for making the song good he's, he's almost like a producer in a way yeah but yeah it, it usually always works out so i kind of even if i think something's really awesome he's like i don't know about that I'll I'll be like okay well I disagree but that's all right ah uh, okay we'll we'll compromise and it'll be awesome so. right right so basically he's like a producer and you're translating what he wants then as yeah. well so is there is there anything that the rest of the band puts their input in as well then like is there a time where everyone gets together and goes okay let's run through the song and then decides you know this part doesn't work this this part doesn't work or is that still you and Peyton doing that? Um, so actually, we we rarely all get to get together and go through um, the new stuff at all. So oh. um, I know Aiden, who's the drummer, he had to learn the drums. I 
ended up just programming them for the demos. Mm-hmm. And he had to learn them. He he had to change some stuff because I just got way too overzealous <laughs> with <laughs> keyboard and mouse. Sure. Um, and then also, so yeah, him playing through that um, definitely gave us some insight of like the structure. And then I, I think that's about it. Okay. Wow, that's that is really interesting. Now you also obviously you just brought up uh, Aiden. So are Aiden and Aaron brothers? Yeah, they're twins. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm assuming because you have so much writing power that I'm guessing there isn't a big struggle with them both ganging up on everybody else. But is there is there any weird dynamics about working in a band with not only brothers but twins? No, they're <laughs> they are almost like. I want to say the same person with different personalities because they're always with each other and um, they like the same things. Yeah. So it's just like two personalities of the same person. It's really funny. They're, they're really nice and they're always like, they're always down to do whatever. Yeah. Like Peyton and I feel is right. Okay. So there's no like conflicts with them at all. Is there any conflict with other band members' taste in music at all? Do you foresee that being an issue in the future? Um, not, not necessarily. I mean, we're we're all pretty open. I know Peyton is more stern about um, what he's into at the time. Yeah, but we we always will compromise on stuff, so it's never like a huge issue. Does it make things a little bit easier? because you also have a background in being a recording engineer. I don't know about easy. I mean, it makes like, because I always write straight into a computer. Yeah. Like I, I don't even use my amp to write anymore. Huh. Okay. I always want to have an idea down. If I, and I don't want to have to mic things up. So, I mean, that's more convenient. And it, it's also nice to have some production elements in the writing process to kind of get the idea across. Right. However, I think a lot of the engineering points are kind of a hindrance to writing. Okay. Because you add all these, all this complicated stuff into it and you you just kind of get wrapped up in the technical realm and the engineering realm and you kind of take yourself out of the creative side. Sure. So at some points I kind of just wish, you know, I didn't know all that stuff and didn't even, I didn't mess with it when I'm trying to write, like, I feel like that'd be a lot more freeing. Ah. It's, it's kind of hard to wear two hats at once. Yeah, that, that curse of knowledge. Yeah. That I, I, I totally understand that. Well, did it at least help, you know, that whole part about not being able to go into the control room, did it help that you have a lot of experience in that area so you're able to walk through things that you might not have been able to, you know, just touch and see freely? Um, as far as, like, the like the recording side, like or just the interaction with uh, the engineer. I would say, I mean, I think it covers both, but I was originally going for the interaction with the engineers themselves. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I definitely like when stuff would kind of happen and there was a bit of a lull. I definitely understood like technical issues or something, and he wasn't really able to communicate it because we couldn't really see. I, I definitely like understood where he was coming from, so I was like accommodating for that, which was nice. Yeah. But um, a lot of the time, I mean, 
Seth is amazing at what he does. Right. And he had everything set up already. So we could see a screen from like a screen right next to us. There's windows everywhere. So it wasn't, we, we were still able to get, you know, really deep into it. So it wasn't too much an issue as it may sound. Okay. It seems like a very interesting process so far with any band that I've talked to, you know, who's putting out music during this time. There's only been one that has had the recording issues based on COVID. So it's just interesting to see the difference in dynamics of a band that was able to write everything. And then they're, you know, they're concerned about putting out, you know, music now without being able to tour. And then this completely different dynamic of recording and not being able to go into the control booth and still getting a great EP, an EP with flow that has the heaviness, that has the melody, that really captures what you guys are. Now, I think that leads me into the next thing as well. You've decided to, you know, this is self-titled. Normally, that means it's kind of like the statement, EP, release, album, whatever you want to call it, kind of showing this is who we are. Was that the reason for doing the self-titled, or was it just something completely different than that? That was that was actually it. We were, uh, we were talking about, um, I remember it, like, vividly. We were, we were just talking one day about just names. We were picking out, like, lyrics to some of the songs we had. Yeah. And we were all just so stoked about all of the songs that I forgot who it was, but someone was like, it would be funny if we just self-titled it. <laughs> like if we, it would be like we. It sounds like we're so full of ourselves, but it's like it's so funny. Like no one does that for an EP. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, this this will be really, you know, we'll start like breaking all the rules and start doing this because people need to hear this and know that this is us. It was more like we're really happy with this, mm-hmm. and it'd be really funny if we self-titled an EP. I like which, it. yeah. So it's a bit humorous and it's also a bit, you know, intentional. Yeah. No, no, I and I like that explanation because that's kind of where I was leading is I I've certainly and I think most people aren't they aren't used to an EP being self-titled unless maybe it's the debut EP of a band. So I I did I like that uh, attention to detail there for sure. I very much enjoyed that. So, you know, you weren't in the band at the time, but Space to Breathe came out in 2018, Anxious Body in 2019, and now the self-titled in 2020. Is that the reason why you continue to put out EPs so you've got something going every year? Would you like to do a full length? Is this something to do with either money or time? It's definitely a little bit of time. Um, obviously, being you know blessed with a label, we, we have a budget for a full album but it's time and it's just a lot of um it's a lot of planning yeah we i think i speak for everybody in the band that we probably won't do another ep anytime soon so not to like say oh yeah we have an album planned but it would definitely be an album next it would Uh. be a fourth ep uh so a full length instead of a fourth ep yes okay all right now does this time where, you know, you talk about time being an issue, you know, it's always kind of funny. People, you know, you'll see people on Twitter or social media 
And they'll be asking people like, what have you been up to? What have you been doing since we have all this free time? And not everybody has that. You know, I have a full-time job on top of this, on top of a different job as well. So it's, and you know, it didn't stop during COVID either because I, I work in healthcare and all that kind of stuff. So it's not good to assume that everyone just has all this free time, but has this time given you guys, you know, that extra time to write for the next release? Um, not really. I mean, like, Peyton and I both work, like, a lot. So, yeah. um, it's probably, like, the same. We've just been focusing on the CP, like, even after recording it, just, like, kind of sitting with it and taking a break. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's giving us, like, a ton of time. Um, but we're, we're probably going to start working on some stuff very soon, I would imagine. Because, like, yeah, the sooner we start working on it, the better. But at the same time, this last EP, we didn't even start technically writing until, like, two or three months before we recorded. Right. Because we, we ended up scrapping all of our other stuff. Wow. So. Yeah. That is that is. So it just, it just happens the way it happens. So yeah. We'll see. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, I know you can't completely plan out everything. Uh, one of the things I also thought was pretty interesting was the music video for Alchemy had to have also been done during the pandemic because you actually have masks in it as well. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. was what was that? Was that still kind of okay because you guys were, you know, living together and you guys were able to trust each other on that, that you could also go ahead and make this music video? Yeah. So um Aiden and Aaron don't leave their house <laughs> ever. <laughs> um and then I, I'm pretty sure Peyton wasn't working at that time either, so didn't leave his house. I was the only one who actually like left to go to work, ah. but I got tested and yeah. I was fine, so um, they were comfortable with me. So yeah, we that the house was um, in there, and then uh, we we went like downtown, not downtown like Chicago, but just in the city we we're in. Yeah. And we just did some B-roll shots with Aaron wearing the mask. And then the rest was just indoor. So it wasn't too big of an issue. Yeah. We got away with it pretty messy. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not that the concept has been done before because it's certainly, I, I don't think a lot of people have been able to do it. It's just nice to be able to put out a new content in this time that was safe and still be able to promote the EP as well at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. So one of the things, you know, you you mentioned being in the city that you're in. So you're in a suburb of Chicago? Yeah, we're about like 45 to an hour away. Oh, okay. But it's still considered a suburb though. Yeah. Okay. Do you work in the city yourself? No, I don't. Okay. All right. Well, how, you know... I've been to Chicago a few times, actually. It's actually one of the places where I bought my first Hawthorne Heights CD. So it always has a special, you know, a special place in my heart. But do you enjoy going into the city? Are you more of a suburbs person? Were you a person that before COVID, you would go in to, you know, watch live shows and stuff like that? Uh, I I definitely like downtown. Um, I don't go there too often. Uh, I used to, I went to college down there. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, Tribeca Flashpoint. Very cool. So I would be there like three or four times a week for like a few years. 
I mean, I like it was nice just to be down there. It wasn't too much big of a hassle. I just commuted. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not down there a ton. Maybe like three or four times a year. Oh wow! I would say. Yeah. yeah so it hasn't taken too much of a toll, but just the fact that we can't really well, we can go down there, but it's not too much of an enjoyable thing right now. Yeah. So just that is just kind of like, it makes you want to go down there just because you can't. Huh. Okay, sure. That's that pop punk attitude. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> I definitely get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is, your, what is your music scene like then where you are? Or is there one? I'm assuming that, you know, every, every place has bands and, and music, obviously. But for your style that you guys are doing, is there a music scene, you know, where you are? Uh, yeah, uh, I would, I mean, just because we're not too far from the city, so we have, like, I know Real Friends, Knuckleplex, and Belmont are all, like, an hour radius away yeah. from us. Okay. So, there, there is a lot of that, and there's one venue that I forget the name of, mm-hmm. sort of downtown. Not great for, like, venues and playing, sure. just this, the space. Um, but it's always like a great turnout. So yeah, I would say there's a there's a pretty good uh, scene here. Oh, okay, very nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I was aware of the other bands, but I wasn't sure how close they were to you. That, yeah. that was the thing. But being yeah, being around an hour seems about right. Yeah, because it's it's all or, like around Chicago, whether it be west or south or north. Mm-hmm. We're like directly west, um, but. I know, I mean, we've seen the Belmont area, and um, I know I've played at Centennial Lanes, which is next to a music store where real friends would practice all the time. Oh, so, okay. And that is clo- relatively close, maybe like 45 minutes away. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm not too sure exactly where they're all from. I just know the places they're associated with is within the hour or so. Right. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. Well, now, you know, since you are technically a pop punk band and you live near Chicago, I think we'd be very remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about pizza. So I do have to ask, you know, I'm in Boston and our pizza sucks. So my question to you is, are you foolhardy Chicago deep dish pizza or do you enjoy other styles of pizza as well? Oh, I enjoy any pizza. Any pizza? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're good for different things. Like, yeah. why why just have one? It's boring. I, I totally agree, but I know there are some people that have that rivalry at heart for some reason where they either think Chicago pizza is like lasagna or you absolutely love Chicago pizza and you would never do thin crust whatever. So it's just, <laughs> I remember going to Chicago and just really enjoying, like, I'll go to New York and I'll enjoy their pizza. I'll go to Chicago. And I'll enjoy the pizza. I just don't enjoy the pizza in Boston. <laughs> That's basically yeah. I, mean, I like. I it, I might actually like um, thin crust a little bit more. I okay. think it's more balanced. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I have like obviously I'm gonna eat thin crust pizza. <laughs> I am not the biggest fan of deep dish actually. Okay. Which kind of controversial. Right. Yeah. You've you've said a major controversial thing on the show. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> It's just like the the balance is so weird. It's like it's just a lot of everything. Yes. It's not even like 
I want extra cheese. And then you get a pizza and it's a little bit different because it has more cheese on it. Yeah. It's like, I want extra crust. I want extra sauce. I want extra cheese. It's just like, Everything. just get more pizza. Yeah. And it's like having a spoon of sauce and then chasing that with a mozzarella stick. <laughs> and then taking a bite out of a loaf of bread. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to enjoy it, but it's, I don't know. I just don't like the way it combines. Right, right. No, no, I can I can completely understand that. Maybe it's something where, you know, it's a treat, basically, to be able to go to Chicago and do it, but you're outside of Chicago that whole time. So I guess the question also is, in your suburb, is it still one of those things where that type of pizza is always readily available because of your proximity to Chicago? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always places that, that have that. I can't say that, like, it's super common to always get deep dish pizza, but um, yeah, I would say every town is going to have like a a place that has deep dish pizza. Okay, because yeah, it's it's a lot different in Boston. I'll just talk from my own personal experience here, but there's really not any place that you would get deep dish pizza. That's weird to me. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I, I honestly, it does seem like Chicago. You know, if you take out Uno's, of course then there's going to be no other place outside of Chicago that has that style of pizza. That's why I think it's interesting to talk to someone who's around that area because I guess that's just one of the, you know, quote-unquote delicacies that, you know, each city has that just happens to be one of Chicago's. Yeah. I mean, I, even, I haven't even, like, considered it a delicacy ever until now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not like... We we talk about it every day and right. like eat it every day. I mean, like I rarely have deep dish pizza, but just the fact that it's not necessarily available anywhere else is kind of weird to me. Yeah, no, no I would I would assume it would be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, because it's just like for me, it's just like not necessarily a regular item. Yeah, but it's, but it's just something that you, you. Yeah. you know exists, and like if you wanted it, you could find it. Exactly. But yeah, that changed me. Yeah, that is no. Very strange at times, for sure. But I had to do that. I mean, look, first of all, I'm hungry. So talking about pizza is, is, <laughs> right. is fine. Right. Um, but to, to switch topics back to music, I did want to ask. So, you know, when we talked originally at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that you had the, you know, the earlier tour canceled, obviously, be, because of COVID. The question, though, is now with the release coming up on the 25th, obviously, we're recording this, you know, a couple weeks before it actually comes out. Is there anything, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be, don't give away a surprise or anything, but do you guys have any plans for things you want to do to really promote the EP and not just have it kind of languish, you know? Yeah, we, we're definitely um, kind of talking about doing just some filmed performances kind of thing. Uh, okay. We're, we're just trying to see what we can do, maybe some like streaming or something. Yeah. We're still in the works with that. We don't have anything planned necessarily, but we are going to have to figure something out. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, you guys have the merch bundles, which we'll talk about at the end of the show when you know when we talk about plugs and everything. But you definitely have you know the stuff going out to you know to get people excited. But you're also not on tour and you're not able to go out to shows and you know you can't distribute merch and do all that kind of stuff. So it's got to put you guys in a kind of weird situation. Yeah. Thankfully, we do a lot of our interactions online anyway. Of, of course, we 
played shows and everything, and we did some small tours. Yeah. But a lot of our interactions have been primarily from online, and a lot of our we get a lot of fans just from like online. That seems to be the um, a, a great place for people to find your music yeah. nowadays, not as opposed to like you know, playing a bunch of shows and going to as many states as you can and playing shows there. True. We seem to find that posting stuff and sharing stuff and just being a, a, a good presence online does a better job than when we did like the East Coast tour. Oh, okay. Understood. Now, does social media tire you out though? I find it very frustrating and very exhausting. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Especially since I work most of the day, yeah. and like you got to make posts at a specific time. Yep. So it's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to. I have like two minutes to make <laughs> this post across all of social media. Right. And I have to you have to format it to each thing of social media. So like, yeah, even just today, I was just like rushing to get that through. Oh, yeah. I know you could do like planned posts and everything, but I didn't. I haven't done that at all yet. It's still a pain, especially though. with with yeah. all yeah with all three or four whatever social media accounts you got. Yeah. Well, now now I'm kind of worried though, Griffin. I mean, what is the rest of the band doing? <laughs> why why aren't they doing the social media? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, Peyton and I do a lot of a lot of the leg room. Yeah. Brompton, who is the the newest guitarist, mm-hmm. he he does. He is really good at like doing work if you need him to, but he's he's still pretty new to the band, so yeah, yeah. we don't make him do a ton of stuff because it's just like we don't want to force him yeah. to like yeah because he it's part of the thing where like it might not feel like this EP is kind of his baby because he didn't he wasn't there for the whole thing sure so we don't want to like I know personally I don't want to make him do all this work for something that he might not feel is his you know, project right now. Right. But right. I know he's, he's very happy with it and he, he did put a lot of work into it. So yeah. occasionally I'll, I'll ask him if he could do something that oh, I sure. can't. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It's just, it was just kind of funny to think of all the, you know, quote unquote jobs you have in the band. And that's just another one. added on there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right now, Peyton and I are, just hashing it out. Yeah. With the band. I, did you so, also design the merch and printing out t-shirts and everything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Payton Payton did most of that. Oh I, wow. I just recently took some of the responsibility. So gotcha. <laughs> so he didn't have to do all of that stuff alone. Right. Right. Well now, you know, coming up with the actual release on the twenty fifth, obviously you've done a ton of work to get this going and everything. But is there you know, are you nervous? Are you dreading it a little bit? Or is this just going to be a huge sigh of relief when the actual release date comes? It's it's going to be a sigh of relief. Um, I'm not nervous at all. Okay. Uh, so far, the responses for all of the songs have been great. I'm yeah. really happy with, with the way people are liking it. I would be more excited and maybe more relieved if it hasn't felt like forever <laughs> since we actually recorded it. Right. Um, it's been a, it's been a, felt like a long time. Like, I can't believe that we haven't released it yet. Like, I, it's weird to me that, like, I'll listen to the EP in my car or something, just like sometimes, occasionally, and it's weird to me that like 
these singles will play and then they're not followed by the rest of the songs like on Spotify. Right. Like people haven't even heard the rest of the EP. It's just weird to me that these songs have been on Spotify for so long and the others haven't. Right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just listen to the whole thing all the way through. It's, it feels like it's one big project or song. So the fact that it's been like segmented and the rest of it's not even out yet is weird. Yeah. It's almost, it's not like a, it's not anticlimactic at all, but it's like, can we just like release this already kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. It's like, there's almost like missing pieces of the story kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that because, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to listen to the EP for the last, I don't know, I want to say like three weeks or so, you know, setting up this talk and being able to go through everything. And you're right. What I do with that EP is I just press play. I just press play on the first track and then I have it repeat after the last track. I'm not going back and forth between singles and saying like, oh no, I got to listen to this song on repeat. I just go from front to back just over and over again. And it feels like there's that natural flow there and it just works. Yeah, we, we try not to put it a lot of like low mom- moments in there. No. All it's just kind of is right to the point and it all flows together. Yeah, you definitely have a very cohesive EP. And like I said, it's got those very melodic parts. It's got the, you know, the pop punkness, you know, that influence. But then it also, here comes the post-hardcore. Here comes the hardcore at different parts where you might not expect it. Some places that you do, but it keeps you on your toes enough that throughout the entire EP, you know what you're going to get, but you're still surprised and you're still, you know, it's got that driving force behind it to keep you going. And I think that's a rare thing to happen. And I think you guys really captured it very well on this EP. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was the goal. Absolutely. Well, Griffin, I think that is the perfect place to end tonight. We got to cover a ton of what Wilmette really is. Um, and I still feel like I'm saying that incorrectly sometimes because I have the different versions in my head still, um, the fun parts of being on a podcast, you know. But I, I was a big, big fan of the self-titled. I've been a fan of the band for a while, going back to the previous two EPs as well. I think you guys have done a great job of really keeping that sound being unique and adding those different influences in and mixing everything together so well. I'm a big fan of that because normally, even though I like pop punk, I do lean towards the heavier side. But this gives me, I don't know, that uniqueness, like I said, that really works well, that mixture that works. So I wanted to congratulate you for sure once again on creating a great EP. I'm going to have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you guys so they can get merch bundles, you know, so people can get excited for the release of this. You know, the album's going to come out on September 25th through Mutant League Records. But until then, what is the best way for people to support you guys? Uh, just keep keep up the streams and sharing it with people that you think might want to hear it. Sounds great. And I think that'll be a very easy way if people go ahead and follow those links. And then please, everyone, make sure you support this band. You're going to really, really enjoy this EP. But once again, man, Griffin, that was a lot of fun. I enjoy learning more about this band because I really, you know, there are certain things that you don't get to know until you really talk to, you know, the backbone of the band like yourself. So I really appreciate this conversation and I wish you guys the best of luck 
I really hope this EP does very well for you. Thank you. Loved the interview. Anytime. Thank you very much, man.